Welcome to the Time to Wind Down podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Hall. With me tonight is, this is going to be a fun one. All right. Um, I know I said that last time, but I'm, and I was right. Um, so I want to say it again because I'm going to play and I'm being correct again. Um, I have with me, and Candice, I'm going to go ahead and apologize because I forgot to beforehand ask how, uh, the correct way to spell your, or to pronounce your last name. So we're going to see how well I do this. Okay. Uh, Candice Burgess Kuikindal, is that how you pronounce it? You would think, but it's Kirkendall. You pretend like the Y's and R's, Kirkendall, it's Dutch German. Oh, okay. And actually, I, I go by Candice Faith, so you're good. Okay, well, there you Yeah, I should ask that ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Candice, welcome to the show. Candice is the president of Innovative Arts Services, um, and she's also the host of the Nashville After Dark podcast. Candice, welcome. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. Yes. Um, so you've got a lot going on. <laughs> I do. Um, I really do. Like me, you have uh, you have children, so that takes up a lot of time. Yes. And uh, you also have your job. Sounds like it's epically busier than what mine is. Um, but if you want, if you will, uh, kind of let people know what you what you do. <laughs> what it is okay. that you. All right. Well, I do own um, Innovative Artist Services here in Nashville, and um, it's a full service uh, management agency. We do from the smallest piece to the biggest piece from um, just if someone just needs social media representation or PR, booking, full management, um, image consulting, someone to call you and tell you to get up out of bed and get to the stage on time. We do it all. <laughs> awesome. I do that, and then I also work part-time at Luke Bryan's at Luke's 32 Bridge. That's my fun job, and I love that, and um, and then also I do the podcast. Awesome. That's amazing. And I'm a singer-songwriter, so not so much a singer as I am a songwriter. I okay. Anymore, I, I, but I do write. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah, I, so I used to write myself, but I'm not songwriting. Mm-hmm. I would write just stupid short stories and um well they weren't stupid they were there i enjoyed them because it was like high school college so i enjoyed it i even took playwriting i songwriting something i never like i already knew i would i've tried but i'm like i don't have the yeah that's not my field you know it's like i already knew ahead of time like yeah it's not gonna be for me um so i tried to go down the other path (laughs) it's like the little long form version it's it's tough to transition from because i'm an actual writer like i have a children's book a partial novel I do articles all those things and so it's hard to transition from that kind of writing into songwriting because it's more short form I have words for days and I can have to pack all those in so the reader can see what I see in my head Uh, when I'm doing songs I have to condense all that and use less words and it's difficult for me sometimes but I've learned the process and I love it so one and that is and that's kind of one thing to kind of go off of that I tried just for a time to kind of because you know every um people try and challenge themselves just to see if they can do something just, you know, Oh, give this a try to see if I could do it. Yeah. So for a while I was trying to write haikus and like limericks just mm-hmm. to see if I can master the form <clears throat> and see if I can do a half. I mean, it doesn't have to be good, but I just wanted to see if I was able to 
make something even halfway decent. I've got them somewhere. God knows they're, I only did about a dozen because I was like, yeah, I think I got it. <laughs> and that was just, but it's, it's kind of that same challenge of trying to take a big idea and condense it into a more smaller, more emotional, more tight lip, you know, tight format. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I can't even imagine. So what got you into doing, basically doing what you, you know, what you do now? Well, um, I was married and uh, years ago I was a part of a Christian country duo with my ex-husband. Oh, okay. Um, actually we were, had, we were actually nominated a couple of times for duo of the year with the Christian country music association and USHL. Okay. So, uh, stepped away from that because my ex-husband was a therapist and he wanted to do his own thing because he felt people weren't getting the treatment they needed. I am a businesswoman, so I opened up a company and we built that company. And after a few years, I thought, you know what? I need to be back in music because my music is in my blood. That's what I live for. I need to be back into that. So once the companies could operate on their own, I came back to Nashville, got elected to a board so I could be here once a month because I was living in South Carolina. That a couple days a month turned into a couple more days. And soon I was here every other week. And after being here for one year and networking and thinking, how can I get what do I, what can I do in the music business? Because right. it's getting a little bit too old to be a career singer. I thought, I thought, yeah. and um, so what can I do? And so talked to a few people and came up with the idea of innovative artist services to help up and coming artists do the things they need to do because so many artists get bogged down with the business side of it. Right. And I am a businesswoman, so I can help them with that. So I found a guy in town um, that everywhere I went, I said, Hey, do you know this guy? And they're like, yeah nicest guy ever and everyone knew him so I approached him his name's Travis Mobley he plays keyboards with Shenandoah right now and I said hey I want you to be my business partner and he's like I don't know anything about that and I said that's okay I want you for your reputation because everyone knows you here and they don't right. know me yet so um and I'll do the business let's just do this together so he agreed and I started that um the end of 2016 we opened up and I'm still doing it so that's awesome. and love it and I'd been writing for a while. And actually, before I opened my company, I um, hooked up with this. These, it's a group called Alvarado Roadshow out of Alvarado, Texas, and um, started writing with them. They offered some songwriting sessions, and they actually taught me the songwriting process. So that's how I got started with the songwriting. They actually helped me convert the writing I was already doing into songs and learn how to make songs. So that's how I got started in the songwriting. Oh, cool. That's pretty neat. Um that that is an interesting transition though uh <laughs> to go from seeing christian country is that like was that like in the nine like like give me a time frame when you guys were doing that was that Early like because okay. my I, we started it when when i was pregnant with my oldest daughter so okay. she was born in 2000 okay so, okay mm -hmm. i was kind of curious because i'm trying to eons ago um another it feels like another lifetime at least i was listening you know i was I listened to a fair decent amount of Christian music um, mm -hmm. and then just taste, you know, life changes, taste changes and stuff like that. About the only thing I listen to that's still at least in that genre is uh, Jars of Clay and that's about it. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, saw them, uh, I actually talked about this on the last episode. It kind of got brought up um, that uh, I saw them. They, they uh, did an album release party at Grimey's. Um, that was their last album but uh so they did like they played like six songs yeah they went and to several did, different places in different yeah. states in those stores because we saw that one as well and did their, okay. their release yeah yeah uh, 
So I took my son was only like two, maybe three, and he just sat on my shoulder and was behaved the entire time. I was astounded, really. <laughs> I was like, I was actually, I was like, oh, thank God, because when they're toddlers, it's so hard to keep them entertained and keep them still. But no, he was, he was all about it. So. And, yeah, so they used to call it like positive country. Like, yeah. And so we started, my husband and I, I've always been a singer. Mm-hmm. And my ex-husband and I, we wanted to sing together and we were in South Carolina in the Bible Belt. So then the big thing was Southern gospel music. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, well, we'll do some Southern gospel music. Well, if you can't, if you're not born into it or marry into it, you really don't get a, a leg up there in Southern gospel yeah. music. So that didn't work for us. And then uh, contemporary Christian was getting really, really big. Yeah. We said, okay, well, we'll do that. Well, you hear me speaking. I yeah. am just Southern country. Right. So it doesn't matter. Contemporary is going to come out of my mouth sounding the way I sound. <laughs> 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 and just, and uh, I think it was like the end of um, 99, we stumbled across this Christian country music. And we're like, wow, that's a fit for us. And that's how it started. Okay, cool. Um, how many artists do you, do you, uh, do you guys represent, you know, so just... right now we only fully manage one artist, Jake okay. but I have about 10 artists that I do booking for Okay. and wow. other little pieces that I do for, I'm yeah. trying to, we've kind of reorganized a little bit and especially with everything shut down because yeah. of COVID-19, we're, uh, kind of have a new focus for the new year. Okay. Certain artists that we're going to work with and push and cause we don't really know what it's going to look like when we have right. yeah and it's definitely hard with it makes it even harder especially for the artists um actually uh you know more known artists it's a little bit easier because they can just go to their social media and post something and say hey you know just let you know i'm still here and you know i'll play a few songs go ahead and donate to this charity or whatever Um, but it's harder for the for people that are that are trying to get known and trying to do book all these gigs and with Broadway being shut down, it's such a, it's so hard. Like it's so difficult to try and get that done. And I can't imagine. Yes. I've got some artists that have been really, really good about keeping up with their social media and planning. I have one artist um, that has done, he started the first two weeks of quarantine doing just like a 11 o'clock quarantine and coffee where he would just chat with his fans and he has a big following and that just meant so much to his fans to have yeah. that with him. You know, every day he would do that. And two, three days a week, he would do his live music. And his merchandise sales have been phenomenal. Oh, great. Um, because he has that connection with his fans. They yeah. love him. They want to support him. So, you know, it takes some creativity to keep that yeah. thing going. Okay. What advice do you have for people that are wanting to come here and try to pursue their music dreams because not everybody not everybody always that I know obviously um or basically I'm trying to say not everybody obviously lives in Nashville and knows how hard it is um I think they most people could kind of have an idea like I have an idea of how difficult it could be to try and pursue acting out in Los Angeles with literally everybody else but (laughs) I also you know I'm not completely stupid to it and know how difficult it is but I don't think but I wouldn't know where to start. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, we've got listeners from, well, we got several listeners that are from different states that don't either have never been to Nashville or, or have only been here like once or twice. Yeah. Um, what advice would you have for them? Um, it is 
a whole lot of who you know in this town. Yeah. And you have to come here and make yourself known. You have to, like I said, I spent one whole year just networking, introducing myself to people so that when I started my company, they knew who I was. When I went in to introduce myself to people, they were like, oh, you're Candace, we know you. And it's 100% here. It's who you know to get in front of the right people. Like the artists, their opening acts is usually because that artist has seen them, has interacted with them, knows them and says, hey, I want this person to open for me. So the networking is huge because our street performers are just as talented as some of our people. I'll agree. I'll agree with you on that. So it is not as much the talent as it is who you know, and that can be unfortunate, but it, it just is what it is. Yeah. Unfortunate nature of the beast. Yes. Because in the end, it's, I mean, in the end, you want your, you want your, your, uh, you want your voice heard literally. Um, but you also have to kind of have a business side in your head to know, okay, I know I've got the talent, but I also need, what I also need to know is how to market myself and how to self-promote. So exactly. you can, and yeah, and a lot of them don't know that. And that's where I come in. I mean, I have artists that look like they are just kicking tail out there and doing what needs to be done. And really a lot of it's just, Hey, I've got this idea. Do you think we can make this work? And I'm like, yes, we can, or no, we can't. And I do that for them because okay. they don't know they have these big ideas, but they don't necessarily know how to put it to paper and get it working. And I do. Okay, cool. Um, kind of just segue a little bit. What is that? So you uh, mentioned you also do your fun job at Luke Bryant's. Is it a yeah. bar? I, I'm terrible because yeah, I have Luke's 32 Bridge. It's a restaurant and bar right there on Third and Broadway. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're right beside Jason Aldean's. We're attached to Jason oh, okay. Tequila Cowboy, all that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so what's it like working there? Because I, because I'll be honest, I haven't been on down on Broadway because two kids, you don't really, I don't, we don't get out. Um, much as it is, and if we do, it's to a Preds game. So, and then we go home. So, um. We'll come eat at Luke's and then go to the Preds game. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, I absolutely love working there. It is not something I ever saw myself doing because I owned two mental health agencies in South Carolina. You know, I've got the management company going. But um, at the time of my divorce, my friend worked for Luke's, and she said, "Hey, we need some help in our merch store. We're kind of reorganizing things and redoing." And I know, I feel like you need a distraction. Can you come and help us when you're in town? I'm like, yeah, sure, I can do that. So two days after my divorce was final, I showed up at Luke's, a little part-time job. And I loved it. I love the people. I love meeting people from all over who come in there. And they love Luke's. They want to talk to us and know if we know him, if we seen him, all those things. And I just love interacting with people. And so it was just fun for me. And I didn't have to worry about payroll or who called in sick or all those things and so I worked in, in the basement in the merch store for a couple months and they said hey you want to go work the front door because you're so good with people I'm like yes absolutely so now I'm a hostess I, I'm a server now too I do all the things because I love working there and they take care of us I mean during this shutdown they have really taken care of us and it's I, I just love it it's like a family and I, I tell them all the time they will have to serve a trespass notice on me to get me out of loose because I'm never leaving <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Um, so do you have, so I guess with either job, do you have any kind of cool stories or anecdotes um, or anything like that um, to share? With what now? I'm sorry. Um, with either venture, do you have any cool like stories or anecdotes um, that you mm -hmm. can think of? Yeah, I mean, 
I get, it's just because I'm on Broadway all the time because I work there and then my artists are playing there. So I'm there all the time. So I get to run into some really cool people. And probably the best meeting that I ever had was um, during country radio seminar. I'm trying to, it's like 2.30 in the morning. I'm like, I got to get home. So I'm walking back towards my car and the door guy, all the door guys know me. Mm-hmm. The door guy at second field stops and says, hey, you know who that is right there? And it's a Black Range Rover. Well, everybody drives Black Range Rover. Yeah, that's like, you know, that one He's like, it's Garth Brooks. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, he's in Layla. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So I'm standing there talking to him. Well, Garth comes out. We're like, oh, okay. And so there's probably, you know, 10, 12 of us out there. Mm -hmm. We're all kind of just scooting towards him. And I'm listening. And he is taking the time at 2.30 in the morning to talk to every single person out there. And I mean, asking them their name, where they're from, all the things. Like he is so interested in everything they have to say. And it was just the coolest thing, just that he was hanging out on the street with us at 2.30 in the morning talking to us. And that sounds like pretty much every story I've ever heard of Garth Brooks. Like generally, generally the nicest down to earth person in the world. He really was. It was funny because the woman in front of me was talking to him and I don't even know what they were saying, but I heard him say, you cook? And she said, hell no, I don't cook. And I was like, hey, (laughs) I cook. And the security guy says, "Uh, she cooks for everybody down here. And Garth said, hey, come here a minute you cook for these people down here? I said, yes, sir, I do. And so he starts talking to me about cooking and all those things. So it was really fun. It was oh, great. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, my wife, if she would have been there, my wife would have been arrested because she was <laughs> Garth. She's met him once uh, at kind of, at something like that, where he just popped out somewhere and, mm-hmm. you know, got, she took a picture and then he signed something for her and now it's up and now it's like framed and everything. And I couldn't tell in the picture. I'm like, who the hell is this? He's like, he's like, what do you mean who is this i go no i'm like i mean who is this i mean you got somebody's autograph i can't read it yeah. <laughs> you got a picture with him i said i said i can't tell because it's a, he was wearing a ball cap he wasn't wearing a cowboy hat so yeah exactly noticeable and it wasn't exactly the most well-lit picture so i'm like who is this and she's like it's garth i'm like brooks she's like <laughs> who else i'm like that's a good question <laughs> who else could it be i agree but i was like oh okay that's cool right on <laughs> i was like i was like did you get arrested or no it's, it's okay if you say yes i mean i'll understand oh yeah <laughs> like like no i was beha- i behaved i was like that's good yeah because the last thing you need i said because the last thing you need is to be on someone's watch list <laughs> right <laughs> um i kind of yeah i uh i really don't have any kind of cool stories like that like the Best thing, I I guess the best thing for me, um, back, uh, gosh, it's been, I'm trying to think, my daughter was two in that when she's five. So I guess three years ago, um, Kelly Clarkson put out her children's book mm-hmm. and she was going around doing book signings at different places. So she was doing one at the Toys R Us in Cool Springs back when that was still there and they, before they went bankrupt. Yeah. Um, so I pulled, I went, pulled my daughter out of preschool from her nap <laughs> and um pulled her out of preschool from her nap took her to took her to uh took her to you know to go sit outside and we waited outside for like an hour almost an hour and a half and it was only me and like nine or ten other people i couldn't believe i was like do people not know about this because it seems like there'd be a hell of a lot bigger line so originally they weren't doing pictures just doing you know autograph whatever and then Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. Um, so it's like, that's fine. You know, no big deal. 
So, but you had to buy either the book or buy, I guess they had like a doll of the character of her daughter, essentially. Yeah. And she'd sign, you know, she signed. I'm like, all right, cool. So she was seriously one of these, I mean, she's kind of like her. She's like just a down to earth, super sweet person. And so, um, so she, uh, you know, she, uh, she signed the stuff. She thought, you know, my daughter was super cute. And they're only like her daughter and my daughter are only like a couple months apart. Like we always joke that they should be BFFs. <laughs> and so we were walking around Toys R Us afterwards. And then we kind of saw that people were starting to get their pictures taken. I was like, I thought they said no pictures. But I, what I think happened was like there turned out to be a smaller turnout than expected. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, okay, we'll just. So I'm like, okay. So we went back. So I was like, all right, come here, Grayson. <laughs> we went back around. I bought another thing, got back in line. <laughs> Essentially, it, I don't want to say to pretty much get my our picture taken with her, but pretty much to get our picture taken. But I got another book and I'd mailed it, you know, I gave it to my nieces. Oh, cool. So they can have one too. Um, but then we got our picture taken and she goes, she goes, hold on, hold on. She's like, let me tell you a trick. I'm like, what? Now, first of all, she let me hug her. So that was like the best thing in the world. Oh yeah. And then, um, and then uh, she's like, let me teach you a trick about taking pictures. I'm like, what's that? She goes, you have to lean forward. So she goes, that way your belly doesn't show as much. Like, <laughs> I said, I said, that honestly might be the best piece of advice I've ever been given. <laughs> that is funny. Yes. And so now I literally tell people, I go, you have to lean forward. I said, Kelly Clarkson taught me this trick. <laughs> You have to wing forward. I said it also makes you. I said, I said it also. Uh, it doesn't make you look taller, but it makes you look, makes you look slimmer. So I've been That's telling people. Yeah, so I've been telling people that trick. I still have that picture on my phone as my lock picture. Oh, and yeah. so people that don't know or you know don't know my wife go, "Wow, your wife's so pretty." I go, "I know, right?" <laughs> <laughs> she. My wife finds a joke only funny half the time. But yeah, yeah. But then I said, "Don't worry, I tell them that's not you." I said. I said, don't worry, I tell them. You know, then I show a picture and you're like, and then they say, oh yeah, this one's better. I'm like, no, I know, but still, it's still funny. Um, but now it's, it's, uh, I like things like that. So let's, uh, let's talk about your podcast. <laughs> okay. So. All right. So um, it's funny how I fell into doing a podcast. Um, when I, I got divorced last year and um, kind of, started the whole dating thing and I have a friend who's out in Los Angeles and he he's in he's a choreographer and a dancer he's been on tour and and he does these shows and things and he's just my best friend ever and I would have these terrible dates and so I would go I would make these little snapchat videos with the filters and me with a weird voice telling Uh him about these dates and I would send them to him and it was just our joke and our little thing and he was at a press party and um, got to talking to this young junior editor from a magazine and she was telling him all about the hor- her horrible dating life. He said, let me show you my friend. And so he pulls up these Snapchat videos and shows her me talking about these dates. And she said, oh my God, we need to have articles in our magazine. Is she a writer? He's like, well, actually she is. So they FaceTimed me from this party and telling me they want me to do this. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Let's yeah, do it. Why not? Exactly. So then we started talking. We're like, well, do people really read magazine articles anymore? You know, let's, let's brainstorm this a little bit more and see what we want to do. And so we came up with an idea because she's not an editor. She's a junior editor. So she's not even anybody with this magazine. Mm-hmm. 
but she wanted to do this. So we said, okay, let's do a podcast. Let's talk about this. Let's do a podcast. I'm like, okay, all right. Cause I'm a talker. I can do this. Let's do this. So we started doing this podcast and she actually paid for me a subscription to the dating sites, the Bumble. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, so that I can see who likes me on these things. So the Bumble, Plenty of Fish, Tinder, all these things. She paid for those subscriptions. And I was like, okay, here we go. And so um, I started going on a couple of dates. I really haven't been on a ton of dates mm-hmm. because the material that these guys give me and the messages they send me is plenty to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not all of my dating comes from these sites either. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm in Nashville. I meet tons of people all the time. So that's just kind of how it happened. And it started out, my friend is in her 20s, never been married. You know, I'm in my 40s, divorced. So we had very different perspectives on dating. Yeah. But some, a lot of times we find ourselves in the same situation. Many, many times we find ourselves being hit on by the same guys. Because she, she looks a lot like me. She's like a younger version of me. She has dark hair. and she, So she looks a lot like me. So a lot of times we end up with the same guys in our inbox. Oh my. And so there's just plenty of material out there. And it's, it's really, it's, it's interesting dating. And, and I know dating everywhere is interesting, but Nashville, mm-hmm. you know, you think it's a big city, but it's really a small town and um, did not realize that so much until I started dating. And now I realize that one of the first questions I have to ask anyone that I meet, or actually I don't ask them. I have to ask my friends. I have to show them the picture and go, Hey, have you dated and or seen this person naked? <laughs> because we're all dating the same people. It's ridiculous. That Especially is in the music world. I mean, we're, we're, we're all musicians. We're all, a lot of us are single. So we're dating the same types of people. So it, you know, it's, it's rough. And I have lots to talk about. And I've got, and I kind of talked about this, you know, I've got friends that are younger. I've got a lot of friends that are younger that are, you know, that are dating and they'll talk about stuff. I have no idea what they're talking about. And I've got, (laughs) yeah. And they're all, I mean, most of them are in their mid to late twenties. I've got one friend who's a coworker of mine, who's actually pretty, you know, fairly young, uh, like early twenties. And she's also, um, she's also a lesbian. So she's trying to have, and she's not very great with like social skills. Mm -hmm. So she's asking my advice. I'm like, uh, you might be asking the wrong person. I said, the advice I may, I may be giving you will be pretty dated. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's like, well, I was talking with so-and-so on this. I'm like, I don't even know what you're saying right now. <laughs> exactly. Like, I had to learn so many new terms. I mean, I'm looking at profiles and I'm like, sapiosexual, pansexual. I mean, all these things I had to yeah. learn. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like, exactly i'm having to google stuff like i don't even know what half this stuff is yeah it's just a very different world from when i dated before right and so my ex-wife has um after we got divorced she dated and then um she did i guess either app or online dating she met her second husband they um they were together for a while and then got divorced um so she's been divorced twice now but she divorced him um and for good purposes and she's been better off since to be honest um but then she's talking about how she's going on these dates she met somebody on bumble i'm like what the hell is that <laughs> like, bumble that's like, the main it, one i'm on it, bumble and sounds, well it sounds like to me bumble sounds more like an, an app for kids <laughs> you know it's like you're right i was like bumble was this like a teaching thing is this something for york school like 
It's like, <laughs> this one I'm supposed to get for, you know, for a school or something. She's like, no, it's a dating app. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, well, obviously I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she's like, she's like, no, you wouldn't. I'm like, all right. She's like, I don't even do a whole lot. Like, Sometimes I wish I didn't know about it. <laughs> I, and I said, I said, that's, I said, listen, I'm not judging. I don't care. I mean, I mean, if you find somebody good, that's all that matters. Um, she's been dating this super nice guy lately for, God, they've been together almost six months. I think six months now. So he's super nice. He's quite a bit younger, so good for her. Um, but he's super nice. That is the trend these days. That is a trend. I'm 47. Yeah. And what is hitting on me is late 20s, early 30s. Sometimes early 20s, I'm like, boy, I'm going to be your mama. Come yeah, on. exactly. But that is the trend these days. Yeah. Well, I mean, my brother, his uh, his wife's seven years older than him. Mm-hmm. Um, she's closer to my age than I am to her than uh, than uh, she is to his. Um, I joke that my wife's a cougar. She's literally one year and one day older than me. I get that all the time, all the time. And I tell them all the time, I don't like that term because yeah. cougar, it implies that I am hunting and I am not. I am the hunted. <laughs> so <it's, laughs> I'm not a cougar. I know, um, right? But... <laughs> But I, I joke with her about that because, you know, like, she's like, and I, you know, I was like, I know you're only a year and a day older, but by, by definition, that's, you know, I mean, that's what you want. So, yeah. so that's, gonna, that's totally different for me too, because my ex-husband is nine years older than I am. Oh, okay. So that's much, much different for me. Dating younger is totally different for me. Yeah, I, I can't so this will kind of, kind of get into what my final questions here. Um, okay. So. So one of the things I'll kind of stop with one of the uh, instead of starting at the top, I'll go. I'll actually start at the bottom one. Um, so usually one of the last questions I ask is um, that had to follow up with it, and this this will kind of you'll see where I'm going with it. Okay. Um, what is one question you wish people would ask you? Hmm. I wish they would ask me. Yeah. I'd like to tell them about this. You know, I don't understand why people don't want to know about this part about me. Oh, that's a hard one because I told you. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're silly, me, but they're also kind of, you know. People ask me all kinds of things because they know that I'm very honest and open about everything. Hmm. Hmm. My goodness. Maybe this one, keep thinking about that one. This one okay. might be easier. The follow up one is. What question do you, would you wish people would stop asking you? Is Luke Bryan here? We just never quit asking. They walk yeah. in. And, Is Luke Bryan here? I'm like, you just missed him. He left 10 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, man. Everyone is so infatuated with him. And it, they should be. Because you know what? He and his wife are really two of the kindest humans I've ever met in my life. Yeah. And they care about people and you know, people should be infatuated with him because he's great. I don't care what you think about his music. He is a great human. I don't mind him. He's one of the few ones I actually like. <laughs> I, I love him. I mean, I loved his music before I ever started working yeah. there. And just, he's just one of the kindest humans ever. And my, my seven-year-old daughter who mm-hmm. falls in love with every musician I work with and they're mm-hmm. her boyfriends. She likes to tell everyone at her school in South Carolina, my mom works for Luke Bryan. <laughs> I mean, it's not completely untrue. So, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, names on the check, that's all that matters. Exactly. I guess. I exactly. Okay. Um, Played Again is actually still one of my favorite 
Luke Bryan songs, and oh, it's yeah, one awesome. of the ones my my son jams out or he used to when he was younger. He used to jam out to that song. Daddy, can you play that again? Like, play it again, play it again. She's like, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll play it again. I'll play it again. Um, so what would what's a skill that you um that you would like to learn how to do? Oh, Just that's like easy. That is easy. I'm a songwriter, and I write. I have words for days, but I don't play an instrument. And I would love to be able to play the guitar. Okay. I always have to have a co-writer because I don't play. There you go. Yeah, makes sense. Um, that or something. Um, as someone who does sing, what is and works on Broadway and manages singers, what is your go-to karaoke song? Oh, Me Vida Loca, Pam Tillis. Okay. Good one. Good one. Either that's an older one, and then my newer one that I go to is probably Bartender by Lady A. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one too. Uh, you're the first person out of three or four people that have actually been able to answer that question. Oh, wow. <laughs> Everybody else is like, I don't really care. I said, okay, what's one you would though? I, mean, so I used to um, host, ride I ho also host Riders Rounds around town. And one uh -huh. of my used to be Alan Jackson's bar and they do karaoke on the third floor, which is yeah. where I would do my Riders Round before karaoke. So a lot of times we'd stay over and do karaoke. So yeah, I'm all about it. And then I work at Luke's, which is attached to wannabes karaoke. So sometimes the staff will go over there and sing karaoke. So I'm all about it. There you go. Uh, I went to, we went to the Wild Beaver one night, mainly because they have a, they have a uh, mechanical bowl. And I've always wanted to do that. Just, yeah. I don't even know why. I've just, I've never done, I'd never done it. I always wanted to. So we went there one night. Um, I don't think it was after a Preds game. I think we actually purposely went out. <laughs> and uh, and we went there. And uh, so I finally got to ride the mechanical bull and make a fool of myself. And I was like, cool. And I could do karaoke too. And then I started watching these acts going up there. And they were so good. They were legit accepting tips. I'm like, I don't know any other city where this would work. <laughs> where, where people are so good, they pass around a tip jar. I'm like, it's karaoke. This is ridiculous. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm not going up there. <laughs> I'm like, nope. That is funny. Uh, but yeah, I just like, I don't get over Like, I honestly can't think of any other place I've been to where they have a karaoke, you know, where they have people singing karaoke and someone piss, passing around a uh, tap, a uh, tip drawer. So, um, what is something most kids learn, but you didn't? How to keep my mouth closed? I don't know. <laughs> yep, that makes two of us. I talk constantly, nonstop. That's why I'm so good at the front door as a server because I will talk. That's has, has probably why I'm good at kicking doors down in Nashville because they will eventually say, if you will just shut up, I will, I will give you five minutes of my time for business. <laughs> there you go. Uh, have any of your kids picked that up from you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> are you like oh my god this is do you have you ever had that thought where you go oh my god this must be what it's like for people to listen to me yes sometimes i'm like i want to strangle you but i know that that is me coming out of your mouth right now so i can't even fault you for it so that's my son my son looks like me but he's it's one of those he looks a lot like me but when you put him next to his mom he looks just like his mom too it's kind of weird I mean, it's perfect is what it is. It's a perfect, you know, mixture of the two. Mm -hmm. um, but man, he just talks for days. And I'm like, Jesus, this is what it's like. This is what it's like for my friends to sit, to just stand in or sit there and listen to me ramble on and me not shut up. 
Exactly. And my three children are exactly, they are so much like me. It is ridiculous. And especially my, my seven year old, the little girl, Mm -hmm. she, I posted something about her one day because she, I am very, it's funny because downtown they joke about me all the time about my perfume because I always Mm -hmm. smell really good. And I always have my eyelashes on my (laughs) eyelashes are a joke because everybody comes to my house and my, you can find my eyelashes anywhere in my house. Because when I come in at three o'clock in the morning after we've done loadout, wherever I take those eyelashes off, that's where you're going to find them the next day. So it's a big joke. So my seven-year-old who's always in love with my musician. She's always dressing up, wants to put makeup on. She asked me one day, she said, should I wear eyelashes or wait for two years? I'm like, girl, a long time. But I posted something about it on Facebook and one of my artists said, um, you may need to have a long talk with whoever taught her that. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> my daughter saying <laughs> so my daughter will come in and say you know be like daddy can i put makeup on i'm like sure whatever because she has her own makeup thing so i let her do that it's not you know it's kids makeup so it's not like it's adult makeup and i'm like oh my god so she'll she'll go do that so she also dances she um she's on a dance team and all that and they do the competitions mm-hmm. and my wife's, you know, like, you want to do the fake eyelashes? I'm like, she's not going to do the fake eyelashes. She can get her talked into most anything. I don't, she's, I don't, she's still my kid. She's not going to do eyes. I don't do go. eyes. I don't do eye drops. I don't, t- I don't like touching my eye. I don't like watching in movies when things are happening to people's eyes. I, I, I'm <laughs> like, that's how you creep me out. And, but I'm like, yeah, good luck getting her to do the eyelashes. I don't see that. That's funny. But yeah, literally my- everything, everything else, though. Yeah, my girls are so much me. My oldest, the 19-year-old, she's a licensed makeup artist. Okay. So that's and so my seven-year-old gets it from her and yeah. from me both. So yeah, they're 100% their mom. <laughs> that's sorry. Nice, which is never a bad thing, you know, until they get in trouble and you're like, yeah, sorry, that's on me. Right. I'm like, yeah, they might have got that from me. <laughs> what is the last thing you recommended to somebody? It could be, it could be a book, a TV show, a movie some music obviously um anything really yeah the last thing i recommended to someone was um a show on netflix called i'm sorry okay yes it's um a lot like me it's very irreverent it has um a lot of bad words and i completely relate to that mom on so many levels (laughs) okay oh i think i know what you're talking about yeah i haven't watched uh it's with um andrea savage Yes. Yes. Tom yes. Everett Scott. Yes. It was on. Yes. 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 I love no, it. I absolutely love that show. Yeah. My wife and I watched that. Yeah. No, that is a very good show. And it's so, yes. yes. And like you said, it's very relatable. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's like, I like that one. It was funny because I was watching that. And then I was watching um, Jenna Fisher's and Oliver Hudson's show, um, Splitting Up Together. I haven't seen that. It's, it's not on anymore. I got canceled. But it was on for like a season and a half. And I thought it was really cute. I, it was, you know, it was a cute network TV show, you know, sitcom. It wasn't trying to be, it wasn't trying to like push boundaries or do anything more than what, what you know, wasn't trying to be groundbreaking. It was just a cute show and had some funny humor and some good acting. It was just cute. I just really enjoyed it. And uh, I was kind of sad to see it go because I was actually kind of like, oh, I kind of like it. And it had um, Bobby Lee in it too, as Oliver Hudson's like best friend. So I was like, oh, I kind of miss it. Um, then to kind of follow up, um, 
what is the last thing that was recommended to you? Outer Banks. Okay. Chip Eston's new movie. I love Chip so much. I was a background extra on Nashville a few seasons. Okay. And I love that man so much. Yeah, I. Yeah, the fact that he was on Whose Lines It Anyway just makes me love him more. Exactly. <laughs> That's where I mean I fell in love with him on that. Yeah. I loved that. We watched that all yeah. the time. And then getting to work alongside of him. I mean, he yeah. was just very personable and always very kind to all of us cast, and it was it was great. Yeah, that's awesome. And then plus, he's a great songwriter, and I've, I've yeah. been to writer's nights where he pops in, and he's always so kind, and I love him. Yeah, and I think his uh, son just graduated high school, too, so I think, like I saw that on the socials, but no, that's awesome, um, and I've, you know, I, that's uh, that's not really a show I would probably, I mean, it's like a newer 90210, which you would think I would probably would like, having, you know, grown up with that, but I'm like, I don't see that for me but I told my wife about it because that's right up her alley I go so yeah I didn't think I would like it either because it is the younger generation yeah. but you know it's got ship and then it's filmed even though it's Outer Banks which you think of North Carolina it's filmed in South Carolina and okay. a lot of the places they film were places that I filmed I was also on Army Wives for oh, okay. five seasons and so a lot of those places were places that were I filmed there and so it's very nostalgic for me and I, it kept my interest like the little plot twists and turns it kept my interest i enjoyed it awesome that's great well candy i think that's uh i think that's it i had such an amazing time me too i enjoyed it we'll have to do it again sometime be absolutely fun. awesome and um have faith i because <laughs> and i can't i want to listen to more episodes of your podcast i can't wait for you guys to do more. i'm about to get some new ones going um I, whitney's no longer my co-host okay uh, so i've got some things i'm going to be doing by myself but i've also got some guest hosts that i'm going to have coming in so we're really excited we kind of revamped it during this whole thing and yeah i took a step back and say okay what are we doing and you know dating during uh covid19 is a little exactly. bit tough but um but i've got some material to share from that as well i've got some things happening. awesome and anytime you want to come back and talk that and you know perfect you and i've got an artist that does a lot of live streams and stuff if you ever want to talk to him he's awesome yeah just yeah just shoot me his info i'd be glad to i'm I'll, you know me i'll i'll talk and or listen to anybody so sounds great yeah, just let me know all right awesome well thank you for listening and we'll catch you next week what that for what Thank mm-hmm. you.